Welcome to Your Best Bets. I'm Zach Fitzgerald, and Phil Miller is on vacation. It's Masters Week, one of the greatest weeks of the year in golf. I'm joined by a man until who, until last week, I did not know was a doppelganger of mine. Johnny Strasser, how are you? <laughs> well, now I'm pretty good now that I know that uh, uh, we get mistaken at the golf course, you know, there. I I guess you were at, or uh, yeah, you were at Brookwood uh, uh, last week, and then I uh, was, you were, you were kind of accused of, of looking like me, which I, I guess that's good because it's our podcast tonight. We're just going to say it's a great thing and, and everything like that. Um, so that's pretty cool there, but, uh, but yeah, just going to be us two tonight. Um, Phil, uh, it is spring break. So Phil is enjoying, um, some sunny beach weather, um, Said he's going to play some golf this week, so that's that's pretty cool. But you know what? This is a 2023 Masters. I mean, this is this is it. This is this is like what football players or football fans look for the Super Bowl. I think even non-golf fans love this this week, don't you think? Uh, I would think so. I mean, it's certainly the most prestigious in America for sure. I would say that maybe the Open Championship worldwide possibly might might outdo the Masters only because of of how long it's been going on and that it's more of an international tournament. But for me, and I would say everybody I know, the Masters is definitely the end-all be-all. You know, when you ask most, especially American players and a lot of European players, the Masters is kind of the major that they would prefer to win. And certainly for me, if I was ever given the opportunity to play in a major, it would certainly be the Masters. Um, yeah, I mean, always creates one of the best tournaments of the year, you know, one of the best nine-hole finishing holes on the entire tour. Uh, I am greatly looking forward to it. I think that, you know, prior to the show, we've discussed some topics that I think are going to be really fun, and and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, like, you know, they had an event, uh, the, the Valero Texas Open last week, and that was fine, you know, but we just kind of wanted to focus the, this – particular show on the masters because there there is so much content i mean i you know we're probably um in addition i guess looking like the same person here we could probably talk about augusta national golf club and the masters and and all that stuff just for hours and hours and hours on end so we're going to try to condense it a little bit here and and we've kind of come up with some topics and everything that that aren't totally uh on the golf course type things so hoping to give uh, um, the casual fans that are that are listening in here, not only that we're going to talk about our bets and, and everything like that, but, you know, just talk a little bit about, you know, just some some of the uniqueness and and traditions and and just kind of greatness of what the what the week holds there. So you know, I think we both agree that uh, it is special. Um, I would probably if I like like you said, if I had the choice of playing in any one major at any, you know, and it, it, with uh, the other course rotations and everything of like the U.S. Open, the PGA, and the Open Championship, I'd still choose Augusta National in a heartbeat there. So, I mean, I, I feel the same way. This is great because it's been, what, eight months or something like that since we've had a major championship. So I think a lot of golf fans are, are dying for, for good golf, for riveting golf. And, you know, Augusta National seems to bring it just about year in and year out there. So with that being said, um, I was thinking about this. You know, we've, we, we watch the Masters every single year, and we've got events that we like, or we've got years that we like, we've got years that we dislike. You know, maybe it was because of the winner, and usually that ends up being the case. Um, 
is there a particular Masters? And we're going to throw out 2019 here. We're just going to have to throw out 2019. That was that was when Tiger, uh, you know, came back and won that major or won the Masters after all that had happened with the fuse back and everything. Is there a particular uh, Masters in your lifetime that really that just kind of sets itself apart? I kind of I went back and I looked at some of the great Masters. I had to kind of relive some of them through through word, but. Um, 2013 when Adam Scott won in a playoff against Cabrera and they both birdied 18, which is kind of not a hole that you birdie to get into the playoff. You know, Scott birdies it thinking, Hey, I just won my first major. And then after that, Cabrera comes and birdies it. And then Scott beats him on the second hole. That for me, especially being an Adam Scott fan, um, that one's big. I wasn't around to see Jack win 86. I was obviously alive, but you know, not really into golf. You could say Tiger in 97, but still at that point, you know, I, I was playing golf, but I wouldn't necessarily say that I was into it. Um, so for me, it, it's going to be 2013. I uh, I think there's a lot of really good ones. I think 2019, I, obviously we can't pick that one, but still got to talk about it a little bit. I just remember being at Riverbend. We had played around before the final round and, just like 10 of us sitting around and just going crazy as Tiger's winning or, you know, uh, everybody hits it in the water on 12 and gasps. It was, it was insane. So uh, that for me, 2013, aside from 2019, what about yourself? Well, that, that is that 2019 that I think everybody is going to remember that. And, and it's just, you know, and it was a morning round because they had to move the tee times up and it was kind of cool. You just woke up and boom, there's the masters right there. And, you know, by, by before dinner time, you know, the, the, the event, he was a uh, crown champion and everything. So um, I did ask Phil um, earlier in the week, I did kind of, you know, ask him, what do you, what do you think? What, you know, what's your favorite one? He didn't really even come up with one. He said every one that tiger won. And, and that, that's just, that's a, that's a great answer, Phil. We can kind of bash him right now because I'm going to post this regardless of whether he wants to or not. So that's a that's not a good answer there. I really was hoping he'd do a little bit more effort. But I guess when you're on a sandy beach and and you're not really you don't really care. So um, with that being said, so I've got two. I'm going to come up with two here. Uh, one's a little bit older, but it's it's within our lifetime here. Um, one of my favorite players of all time, uh, my first real favorite player, the guy that I rooted for. Um, was Ben Crenshaw. Um, I don't know. I, I think because my my dad liked him and he was such a good, such a great short game and everything. And I can remember um, he did an instructional video on VHS and it opened with a, with like a, uh, a highlight film of his back nine at the 84 masters when he made everything, he just made anything in sight and won, and won that. And, I can remember watching that that VHS tape just wearing it out there. Well, 1995, that was my freshman year of high school, I believe. Um, he came to the Masters as a former Masters champion there with, with no game whatsoever. And that's when his longtime teacher, Harvey Penick, passed away earlier that week. He flew to back to Austin, Texas to be a pallbearer for, uh, uh, for the event for the funeral, excuse me, came back to the masters, um, was hitting it like shit that, that Wednesday and his longtime caddy at the masters, Carl Jackson, who I just celebrated his 54th year as, as a caddy at the Augusta national golf club mentions it to him, move the ball, move the ball up a, a quarter inch in your stance there ends up striping it after that. And 
that was a pretty riveting one because he he jumped out to a big lead, held the lead, and just kind of had to hang on and was getting bounces left and right. And he had Davis Love, who was playing really, really well behind him and was just couldn't quite get a putt to fall, but was hitting a lot of good golf shots. And it was just really intense, that entire back nine there. And then ends up winning it, breaking down, crying, and all that stuff was a real cool moment. And that was like that's kind of neat. I was a, I was an early teenager at that time. And I was like, yep, that was, that was my guy. Finally, a guy I wanted to win won that the modern day one though, that I, I want to, I want to mention is the 2010 Phil Mickelson win. That was when his wife had cancer. His mother had cancer. That was the gymnast, a win for the family. Um, mm-hmm. Anthony Kim shot one of the most amazing 65s. I think it was 11 birdies shot 65 finished third place. Uh, Tiger, that was after the scandal uh, of uh, uh, of his then wife breaking out the 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 window in his car. You know, he he took a couple months off, came back, uh, end up finishing fourth place there. You had Fred Couples, who you know at the time was a senior, he finished tied for fourth. Uh, end up being just a pretty pretty amazing event there. And that's when he, I think he shot like a backside Mickelson anyway, shot a backside 30 or something, just birdie, like every single hole coming in. And it was just like, Oh my goodness, this is just, this is, this is the part where I realized, you know what? That back nine is just something special. They always say Mm -hmm. the masters, you know, starts on the back nine on Sunday. And that's kind of when it did. So that was, uh, that was definitely really, really cool there. So that's kind of what I, I, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of that one there. Um, but there seem to be good every single year. So I'm just hoping that we get the same type of thing. I think that's something that we could end up seeing there. So, um, what I wanted to talk about, and we've never really talked about it here on the show is the, is the champions dinner. So every Wednesday night started in 1953, I think with Ben Hogan, he had Friday nights where he hosted all of the past champions, um, and whether they were playing or not, they were invited to the champions dinner. The, it ended up where they all ordered whatever. And then the champion would pick up the, the entire tab shortly after within a decade later, they had, um, the defending champion chose the, the entire menu. And a lot of times it was, it was more local to what they, uh, um, you know, w- from where they're from or just, some childhood favorites of theirs, you know, and it always typically is a pretty good menu there. And they have all the former champions. I mean, you've got Jack Nicholas, you've got Tiger, you've got Marco Mira, you've just got everybody. And they all arrange Wednesday night, have that dinner, share stories. The, the, the defending champion gives a little speech and then picks up the tab. So it ends up being a pretty cool evening. And I don't know about you. I was looking at some past dinners here so just just for just for context here, Scotty Scheffler um, picks, and I'll, I'll give you. I'm reading his me- menu right now for hors d'oeuvres. It's cheeseburger sliders, served Scotty style. Not quite sure what that is. Firecracker sh- shrimp, appetizer of tortilla soup with avocado, crispy crispy blue tortilla strips, sour cream, cilantro, and lime. Main course of some Texas ribeye or blackened redfish which sounds good, sounds good. And then family style, mac and cheese, cream corn, Brussels sprouts, seasoned fries, and with a skillet cookie with uh, milk and cookies and cream ice cream. That sounds pretty freaking good there. So I know I asked you to check and look and see which ones um, 
you liked of the past several years there. Is there a a dinner that's that sets itself apart from the other ones? There are there is. I, I just want to talk about Shufflers. Mm-hmm. I think Shufflers is fantastic. I mean, I think that really there's something for anybody there. And with him being from Texas, that's kind of you know a home style type. You know, the firecracker shrimp is a little bit of a deviation from that, but still fantastic. You know, I I think that that's really good. Um, you know, the thing that I noticed about a lot of them is that a lot of people do a ribeye steak or a steak of some kind. So, um, although I really like steak, I'd steak tonight. I'm certainly not going to knock steak. Um, my favorite is Spieth 2016. Uh, I'm a barbecue guy. Uh, you give me a local green salad as an appetizer and then Texas barbecue with brisket, half chicken or barbecue ribs, uh, barbecued baked beans bacon and cheese potato salad sauteed green beans grilled zucchini and roasted yellow squash and then finish that off with vanilla ice cream and a warm chocolate chip cookie i don't think it gets a whole lot better than that Uh, that's like a smorgasbord of fantasticness i was reading all of these this morning on the way to work uh, as my partner was driving to our first job and I really just wanted to text you guys. It was a little bit too early in the morning, but I really wanted to text you that all it did was make me hungry. And, yeah. you know, I it was it was a pleasure to read everybody's menu. There were some pretty eclectic things. Um, there were some other ones that certainly I would have gone for. Uh, I don't really want to, like, steal. I have, I have no idea what your pick is. This is not something that we discussed previously, so I don't really want to say anybody else. But there were certainly some other meals that if this wasn't the one, that, you know, I would have gone for. So yeah, that, that speech meal seems like it could be like literally last meal type meal for me. So yeah, that was, that was up there. I mean, smoked brisket and and chicken and pork ribs. I mean, come on. I mean, you can't go wrong with that uh, as long as that's done right there. And, and actually, ironically enough, um, I did ask Phil, uh, what what he thought and so when it comes to t- to picking like you know a master's that he likes he can't do that but when you when you talk about food with him evidently that's uh that's something that he's very passionate about he did pick the spieth meal as his favorite with okay. a close runner-up of uh adam scott um which was the arugula salad with calamari the wagyu beef mm-hmm. new york strip uh uh morton bay lobster um, which is a, I mean, that's a good one too. I mean, you can get the, the surf and turf. That's, that's really, that's really, really hard one to argue against there. So I, and, and I looked at mine as well. Um, I saw some of them like, you know, tiger, I remember tiger when he won his first one was cheeseburgers, um, yeah. and like French fries. Interesting. But you know what, if you're, you know, essentially the greatest of all time are going to be that way, you know, what? you're going to say you're going to eat cheeseburgers and grilled chicken sandwiches and milkshakes and and be good with it. And yeah, but didn't you know, Fuzzy say that he was going to bring fried chicken and collard greens? I mean, so, you yeah. know, it's kind of like just a slap into the establishment's face really there. Yeah, so that was Tiger a little... If you look at Tiger's other meals, he doesn't go extravagant, really, you know, so. No, he, he did do the porterhouse one year, um, mm-hmm. which, I uh, you know, that's a good one. And obviously beef, that's that's mm-hmm. that's the best choice there. I um, Let me get to mine first. And there's a couple mm-hmm. others I do want to mention there. The the, fir- the first and only, and and that's it, is Hideki back in 2021. Um, just, I mean, game over. They don't need to have this mm-hmm. dinner anymore here. I mean, it's got sushi sashimi and nigiri 
uh, chicken skewers, and then the main dish was glazed black cod with dashi broth, A5 Wagyu beef yeah. ribeyes with mixed mushrooms and vegetables, and a Japanese-style dessert. I mean, you give you throw the Wagyu beef ribeye, and you have me right there. And I, I'm, a, I'm a cod fan as well. I do like my seafood. So that one right there, it was just like, you know what? I'm kind of I'm I'm, I'm kind of okay with with that right there, and the more I thought about it, I think Spieth's is, is going to be second with the smoked foods, but Decky for the win there, and I think that's uh, going to be a tough one to beat there. Um, one of the ones that just irritated me though, so Bubba Watson's won twice. Mm-hmm. He said the same thing, which is a Caesar salad, grilled chicken breast, green beans, mashed potatoes, corn, mac and cheese, confetti cake with vanilla ice cream. That's a good solid meal. That's just, you know, that's a good meal. But, you know, I just having it twice and then that is kind of like the one meal that's that you're going to share with other as as like your your main thing there. I just it's kind of a Bubba pick. I mean, I'm not there's other worse meals on here, but it just seems pretty basic, don't you think? Well, he's a very basic guy. Yeah. God, golf and family. I mean, that's that's his thing. So. I mean, to me, that like that, obviously Hideki's and and Hideki's would be my second deal, undoubtedly. Like I had to flip flop between he and Spieth. It's those two are just so fantastic that really it's depending on the day. So, um, in to me though, Bubba just speaks Bubba more than any of the other ones. You know, I mean, like it's just so. Why would Bubba not? pick that i mean that's probably like his favorite meal at home like when his wife's like hey what do you want tonight it's literally probably that like <laughs> bubba brought his favorite meal at home and wanted to share it with everybody else bubba's an emotional guy i mean you know he wanted to share his favorite meal it you know that makes a lot of sense i you know i never thought about it that that way is you know you want the champion to to serve something that's like really personal to them because I mean, look, we've got Charles Schwartzel, South African, spliced biltong, which is a South African dried beef, and I think mm-hmm. uh, uh, Candy Lyle served haggis, and mm-hmm. you know, so I guess that does make a lot of sense there. Um, it may be just something he's comfortable with. Um, I do, I was reading some articles yesterday on the champions dinner, and uh, I think it was Zach Johnson. They interviewed him, and he said he is extremely picky. So I wonder if he's one of those picky eaters that uh uh you know give me the chicken give me the caesar salad give me the normal sides don't don't give me anything fancy and that, that i guess that does fit bubba's personality quite a bit i just want like a room like out there where i just have like a glory hole to watch and listen to everybody that's all i want i just oh my god to be able to watch that i that like when people are like if you could have dinner anywhere you know obviously you're going to talk about your family and all that stuff but like for me, if I could just be part of one champion center and hear those stories, it would be uh, excellent. I, I can't imagine something that would be as exhilarating in golf as that truly. I mean, that that would just be amazing. That's a great point. That's a great point because, yeah, I mean, I think that's what makes it so interesting, at least among golf, like golf Twitter you know, how it's exploded of what the champion's dinner is and what it means and everything. And just imagine, you know, you've got all these great players um, of, you know, and they're all invited and they're all talking about stories of how they beat this guy down the stretch or the shot they hit here and the shot they hit there. And just to hear those stories from the player's point of view 
uh, you know, essentially of how they won their masters uh, to be a fly on the wall would be just, just incredible there. So I think it's, there's a reason why it doesn't get out. Everybody just kind of keeps it private. I think some of it's, some of it's inappropriate, but a lot of it is, you know, they just want to talk about how, you know, they, they just want to talk about the stories that, that nobody else has gone through and that's winning a master's. And I think that would be just, that'd be so good. That'd just be so good to go to. Uh, I, you know, and I was also thinking, you know, now that we're talking about Bubba, the other uh, favorite masters was the Bubba playoff, the incredible wedge shot that he hit out of the woods. Yeah. That one was, was pretty awesome as well. I, I know that a lot of people are kind of polar on Bubba, but uh, I, I like Bubba. I mean, he's, he's kind of gritty at times, but he's honest and, and I appreciate the honesty and I, I don't think he hides a lot. And I just think he tells people how he feels and, and that, at least I can trust the guy and know how he feels. So that was another one masters wise that, that I really did enjoy the ones that he's won. I, I think every masters has great shots, you know, uh, but it's the guys I think that win and then their reactions that are great. It was great to watch Matt Siaka win and, and, or yeah. And, uh, and, and see what, cause I think that, you know, for us in America, we've had so many heroes in golf that, you know, it, when somebody from America wins, you're like, yeah, that's another guy aside from Tiger. But, you know, like in Japan, he's bigger than Tiger or bigger mm -hmm. than Tiger ever was. So, you know, like he's a god over there. So for him to win a major to become the first Asian or Japanese player to win a major was monstrous. And especially since it being the Masters. So uh, that's I, I kind of, you know, I, I look forward this year to, you know, maybe seeing that again, somebody win and really elevating. And and yeah, that's what I think this tournament means to people is it. I just think it's so emotional that, that when a new person wins, I, I think that it's absolutely life changing. They all are, but I think this one on a whole different level. I, I think so too. I think, you know, if you, you pick a guy who's won, let's say a PGA championship, um, you know, I don't think it, I think it, it doesn't even stand nearly as, as, as reverent and, and of, fame than winning a green jacket just because like i said it 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 relates to the to the hardcore golfer golf fans it relates to the you know just the golf fans in general it relates to people who don't even know what golf is but they know what that green jacket is so you know they the i was watching the jordan spieth interview he uh, they interviewed him today in the in the press room and he said that he can go to let's say he went to a, a basketball game or something like that and had a trophy Nobody would really know what that trophy is, but when he walked into a Mavs game, he said, "With the green jacket, everybody knew." You know, you just you just know what that is there. So, I think that's what um, I, I think that's I think we're we're properly, you know, saying how important this is, and 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 I think I I don't think we're understating anything. It's just it, it's it's that big, and I know there's other people that might have different opinions on it because it's a smaller field, and they may view it as you know, playing the same golf course. So it fits a certain type of golf golfer or whatever, but it, the masters is the masters. Anytime a masters champion uh, or anytime somebody wins, and becomes a master's champion. It just makes it all the more revered. It kind of caps off whatever career that they had. Um, they'll always be known as that master's champion. So, mm -hmm. um, but you know, one other thing is the golf course itself. Um, you know, it's, it's, now it's on video games, but but you see it all the time in 
in shows, in, um, you know, in watching videos. It's one of the more photographed golf courses, um, especially during Masters Week when the azaleas and dogwoods are blooming. It just, it's manicured to perfection. And I think what's cool about it is, is that like, if you watch the Masters year in and year out, you like as golf fans, you know, the slopes, you know, the elevations, you know, everything about it there. Um, is there, I mean, what's, I, what do you, what do you love about the, like, I know there's a lot of things, but if you had to pick like one thing that you loved about Augusta, just about the Augusta National Golf Club itself, just the golf course, not really masters related, what would, uh, what would something like that be? Uh, I would say that my like and hate are currently the same when it comes to the Augusta golf course. Um, my favorite thing about Augusta we've already talked about is the back nine. I mean, I think that it just, it's so exciting. It, it gives the ability for Eagles for multiple birdies, multiple changes. I mean, we've seen it multiple years. People come from way back and when, um, you know, and we've seen multiple lead changes. It's also the thing that I hate currently right now because, you know, they've, they've changed the back nine a little bit. You know, people are talking about potentially having to lay up on 13 and, and depending on the wind, maybe laying up on 15 and that takes some of the excitement away from it. And, Although I like to see a tough golf course and I don't necessarily want to see him beat the doors down. I mean, you know, when we say things like the Masters doesn't start until the back nine on Sunday, you know, does that really mean the same thing anymore if we're just laying up on 13 and 15? Um, that is a concern of mine. It really is. I think it'll still obviously be exciting because it's the Masters. But if that is the case, that people are going to have to lay up on 13, if the leaders are going to have to lay up on 13 and 15, uh, on Sunday, it's going to take some of the allure away from it, in my opinion. Um, aside from that, I just think that it's beautiful. I mean, you know, you can watch it, watch it on TV, and you can see all the colors and whatnot. But, you know, finally we're starting to get cameras that are good enough to, and some angles that are good enough to show the actual uh, elevation changes. And, you know, the old cameras would never show that, you know, it looked like a 2D image and, you know, it looked beautiful, but you didn't realize that, you know, it was as undulating as what it is. So I just think that it's beautiful. Um, it's my favorite golf course to watch on TV. And it's not just because it's the Masters. It's simply I think it just looks better than everything else. Um, and I just think 12 is one of the coolest par, par threes in the world. So Watching that, I, I, you know, people say 17 at TPC, but the, I think the green's smaller at 12. It's just so shallow. And, I mean, the wind swirling and that little bowl right there, yep. and it's a little bit downhill. So uh, it's that just seems like a terrifying shot to me. So <laughs> I would say that those are, those are the things that I just can't imagine, you know, you and I have both played in tournaments and, and I, I'm assuming that I've never been inside your brain and we haven't really talked about this, but I get very nervous coming down the end. And I'm sure that most people do probably the guys that don't win a whole bunch of tournaments, but um, I cannot imagine like having the lead or being close and then getting over that tee shot with even a little bit of wind, you know, do you just bail out to the short side left and try to hit a 50 foot putt across the green and just be like, totally taking the bunkers or water out of play, or do you just go for it? I don't know. It's yeah. terrifying. Well, you know, I, I think anybody who's, in, you know, 
who's contended in any level, whether it's the Masters, whether it's the club championship, whether it's anything in between, or whether it's just a, a $10 Nassau in a, in a game. I think if you feel you, everybody feels nervous. And if you, if you, if you're not nervous, you don't care. And, and I think that's a, that's a big thing. Now, what makes a guy like Tiger or Jack Nicholas or any champion who's won um, a lot of big time events there is they're, they're, they're controlling their emotions. They're, they're able to, to, they feel uncomfortable, but they're, they're comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. They know what that, you know, they know those feelings and everything, but yeah, imagine hitting a shot. The, and what you're talking about is the, the 12th hole at Augusta. They always have that right pin and it always seems to play a little bit longer. And they've got that swirling wind cause it's in a Valley and they, it's hard to, with the tall Georgia pines behind it, it's hard to really get a good grasp of where the, uh, where the wind's at. So a lot of guys have gone for that pin on Sundays at that right pin and always end up, you know, short. You look at 2019 when he was playing, uh, Tiger was playing with uh, 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 Frank Molinari and um, who was playing unbelievable. He was the defending open champion and then Tony Finau. They both went for that pin to the right there, both hit it in the water and Tiger hit it to 60 feet and Hit a bad first putt, but he ended up making like a, a five footer or something like that for par. That put him in the lead, and that was it. So, you know, that was the, that's the type of thing that that I think is very very compelling because it's only a little eight iron or nine iron shot into you know down into that valley across the river there, but it means so much and it's such a hard target to hit. And then you've got only you know your sixty sixty five holes into a seventy two hole tournament there, so you've got. You you got that is you you dump it in the water there you're gonna run out of holes you know pretty much there so, um, but that right there and then 13 is a very pivotal hole like you said, it's the dog hard dog leg left par five. Um, they moved the tees back 35 yards. They finally bought some property that they've been trying to acquire next to the Augusta Nash or the Augusta Country Club, and it is gonna look like it's gonna make it almost a three shot hole for a lot of the 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 medium length hitters i think the big hitters will still be able to get to it and i think that will take away some of the excitement but i think you're going to look though come sunday a lot of guys are going to try to hit three woods or 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 hybrids or four irons into that and you know it could end up being you know pretty interesting there the the one thing and and i i did ask phil again so i guess this phil's just like mostly part of this podcast even though he's not talking it's his show jesus um so phil likes and, and i agree with is is you know the slopes the greens are, are are crazy the greens are lightning fast and everything is shaved down so you don't have that cushion underneath the ball is it really uh forces guys to have good short games good chipping good pitching you've gotta you gotta be creative because you gotta look at the slopes you can't the holes over here you've got to be looking maybe over here because the ball is going to roll you know trickle on over um, just through sheer gravity and everything. And, and it gives you a whole lot of different options there. Um, that is one thing that's always been great about it. You know, it's, it's always been the, the fairways are wider because it's mostly just all fairway. There's just basically fairway, a small first cut and then pine straw, but it, it is wide enough, but you've got to really know where to put the ball. And then you got to be able to get up and down quite a bit because you're going to miss your fair share of greens. And I think that's a that's a, something I like about it. And then I don't one thing I, I don't like, and it's hard to say anything you don't like about the Augusta National Golf Club, is that I don't think the golf course typically plays 
firm and fast enough for the length that they they put it. Uh, I was talking to Phil about that, and he's like, you know, it only kind of tailors itself to big hitters because it used to be a 6,900-yard golf course, which is a chipping putt for the modern-day player. It's over 7,400 yards, and it is very, very elevated, both up and down. And they typically get the spring rains right now, um, which ends up making the golf course play a little bit – uh, a little bit longer. So it really kind of tailors itself to only those big hitters there. And I, that's that, you know, when you take out a big chunk of the guys that makes it kind of, uh, I mean, it's still, it's still riveting and, and everything, and maybe it's still not predictable, but it just, you can chop off two thirds of the field or three quarters of the field who don't hit the ball far enough there. And what I'd like to see Augusta is, is firm fairways but really firm greens and it, with a real firm, fast greens, I think that would uh, make it very, very interesting with shots going in there. But if you had the firm fairways where guys were getting it further down the fairway and hitting still mid irons or whatever into the, into the holes, I think that would, uh, um, I think that would not nullify the long hitters as much, but I think it would help out the shorter guys and it would make it more interesting because you'd have balls that would run off the green and then you'd have to get creative with the, the chip shots. And if you look at guys who've just won, you know, Scheffler and, uh, um, you know, Tiger's even a long hitter, you know, it, it's, it really kind of DJ and it really kind of, um, tailors itself to that speed. Jordan speaks like the only guy who is not really a long hitter, but he hits it far enough, but his short game is chipping and his putting is, is excellent. So I think that's something that, uh, um, you know, that, that really kind of sets itself up and I'm not sure, Though, I mean, would you like the greens to be like hard and fast and, you know, where, where eight, nine, 10 under par wins it rather than like 15, 16 under? Like for me personally, yes, because I don't stand a chance of making birdies like in a birdie barrage. But, you know, I think that I think a hard, hard golf course where par is is a good score brings a lot more people. And I think the long hitter is going to make a lot more birdies. So um, I think that if 13 and 15 play longer, it actually brings the shorter hitters more into it, kind of more in the Johnson mold. But yeah, I, I think the whole game's going to power. So, you know, I, it's not just here, it's, it's everywhere. So it's, okay. It is what it is, you know, and everybody's getting stronger. Everybody's, I mean, Fitzpatrick gained what 20 some yards last year in one yep. major. So, I mean, as the new generation comes in, just like, you know, as Tiger came in and some of the chubbier guys that didn't work out that were good in the 70s and 80s started to kind of filter out and retire, you know, the same thing will happen now. Some of the older guys will retire and then everybody will hit the ball that far and Tiger yeah. will be considered a short hitter. And then, you know, eventually, like by 2049, they'll be hitting at 6,000 yards and courses will be 25,000 yards. And yeah, it'll be crazy. Golf will be fun. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's fair. I think, I think for guys like you and me, I think the game, you know, the, 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 the PGA Tour game has passed us by. So I, mm-hmm. I think our, our shot that we had, you know, a few years ago, I, I don't, I don't see it anymore here because I, I played golf today and I, I don't hit it. I wasn't carrying it nearly as far as these guys. I was just a couple of holes out there. I was a little bit shocked and everything, but, uh, but anyways, back, back, back on the masters there. So go looking at the 2023 masters. Um, it has 
course hasn't really changed much from the past year. They, they generally make small changes here and there. Um, and sometimes they announce them, sometimes they don't. Uh, the big thing this year actually was the par three course. They completely ripped that up and redid it and everything. And uh, um, we're not really going to go into, go into that because, you know, it's not anything that, that we're going to really, uh, you know, really be looking at there. But uh, 13 was, was the major change. They added that 35 yards there, which will make it different there. Um, I was looking here. Uh, I want to talk about Tiger Woods. Okay. Um, Cause we got to talk about him. He's, he's getting healthier. Um, he played uh, in, in LA at the Genesis open, his uh, tournament that he hosts ended up making the cut tailed off a little bit on the last day, but end up, I think finishing top 50 or so, but was, was f- further in contention through those first three days, looked a lot healthier. His gait is uh, the way he walked was a, uh, was a lot healthier looking, there wasn't the noticeable limp. Uh, was really getting through the ball pretty well. Um, what's what's your expectations for him this week? I, it's, that's. I just think it's hard to say. I mean, I think if we're talking about talent wise to win the tournament, I mean, I think talent talent wise, it's still as good as anyone. But is you know the back nine of the third round and the entire fourth round is he going to be hurting walking you know i i was thinking this the other day you know we we want to harp on his leg injury but we completely forget that he's had like 18 back surgeries and all those so how do those things feel after that amount of time you know your back has a lot to do with your legs so how is his back handling the extra stress that his legs putting on it i don't know i mean these are just speculation but um i think that if his legs are good. I think he can win any tournament he plays. I think like everything. I still think that a hundred percent healthy Tiger Woods is better than every other person. A hundred percent. I truly do. I don't know if I'm crazy for saying that, but I still think irons wise, he's better than everyone. Um, short game, his short game has got to be incredible right now. That's all he can really do a lot. You know, the issue I think he has is that he can't practice a whole bunch. So, you know, he might not be quite as sharp as what we used to see him. You know, he used to, you know, the I think they said the only guy that practiced more than him was VJ, and VJ had just an obscene amount of balls. Like, my arms would fall off if I just did one of VJ's. That's just insane to, to read that. But I think that, you know, if Tiger stays healthy legs-wise, I do absolutely think he could win. I, I you know, obviously I think it would be a shock, but, you know, that's just from the fact and the excitement of being like, holy shit, Tiger Woods might win the Masters again. But um, I could see it happening. I mean, you know. Okay. So, so okay. So, he's uh, he's 80 to 1 this week. So, $10 bet mm-hmm. will win $800. Um, mm-hmm. w- would you bet him to win? Oh, for sure. 100%. You would? You would? Okay. Yeah. I okay. mean, I, I think he could win that until he's 60 years old. He's physically, other than his leg in excellent shape and he works out he's going to continue to be i mean we've looked at at other guys who are i mean bernhard longer is just as good at golf probably right now as what he was when he was in his 30s winning majors he just doesn't hit it as far but i mean you know he still wins tons of tournaments he still you know hits plenty of fairways and hits tons of greens i watch some of the champions too. he's an unbelievable golfer still so i mean tiger is significantly more physically fit than he is aside from his leg um I think Tiger could win. I was saying to somebody the other day who's not really a golf fan, they were like, so do you think Tiger will win the Masters this year? 
And, you know, it, it's kind of a weird thing that, you know, the tournament that I think he probably has the best chance of winning, it's also the one that's probably the hardest one for his body to walk. So, you know, is that going to be his bugaboo where he's going to, you know, get in contention for the first, what is it, 54 or so holes? And then the last 18, he's not capable of, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, and you're saying he's getting stronger and he looks stronger walking. So I don't know, maybe, maybe this isn't the year. Maybe it is the year. Maybe in two years, it's like, he's going to be extremely strong again. And then he's going to come back and just wipe the floor with everybody. I don't know. I, I hope so. I, I think that's fair. Um, you know, the masters has always been an event where guys who've played the golf course well, um, seemingly know how to get around the golf course. They, there's a lot of slopes on the greens. There's a lot of places that you've got to hit it because it is a hilly golf course that you've got to pick certain lines. And um, I think that uh, um, I, he he knows as better, as good as any person that's ever walked the face of this earth, how good uh, or, or, or where to, where to put these lines at and everything. So you're right. Is there, he's got that, uh, what seemingly is, is home course advantage. It's just, you're right. Is whether he can walk that golf course. They always say TV doesn't do it justice. I have never been to Augusta. I've been to that area and played golf in that area. And oh my goodness, it is hilly. I mean, it is, it is unbelievable. I can remember junior golf tournaments we'd have uh, between there and uh, between Augusta and Atlanta um, somewhere in in there, and these these were up and down. I mean, there was there was fifty, seventy, hundred foot elevation changes from tee to green, and it's just like you don't you don't really realize that. And yeah, and, and the walking there, so it'll be an interesting thing to see if he can properly rest up his body this week um, and, and play when he needs to play, hit balls when he needs to hit balls, and um, get that rest so he's okay at Sunday. The one thing when he played the uh the Genesis Invitational in in Los Angeles, he played an 18 hole pro am that Wednesday. So he played and walked 5 days in a row and I think he was good for the first 4 and then he really really tailed off there. So I think being able to pick his schedule uh a practice schedule a little bit differently, I think that's that's certainly going to help. I I will not be betting him as a win bet um, I, I, I think that, it, that 80 to one is very, very accurate. Although if I see anything with plus money for him to make the cut, I'm going to bet that plus money. I don't know what it is to make the cut. Um, but I feel pretty comfortable with that. And I could see him finishing in the maybe top 30, possibly top 20. And, and I, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's even better than that, but I, I think that's kind of where we're at with him is we'll see he doesn't get enough reps to really see and judge how his golf game is so we just got to kind of trust that how he's playing at medalist is is getting ready for the tournament there and and you know once the bell rings he tees off of the first hole that he can kind of handle those nerves that we talked about a few minutes ago like he did in 2019 there so you know i think a lot of it is 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 a struggle and then all in all the the competition is so much better um, than when he, he first started playing. I mean, not taking anything away from him or, or anything like that, but, you know, I think uh, um, you, you look at all these guys, they're so good. They're so freaking good. And they don't win as much as Tiger um, because I, I, I think, uh, you know, they don't have that, that mentality that Tiger had uh, week in and week out, shot in and shot out. But I think they're just as talented as he was in his peak. And, but 
you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit more intermittent on when, you know, that's going to come out there. So I think we both agree that, that it sounds like we're going to make, he's going to make the cut. Um, you think he's going to contend pretty, uh, pretty strongly there. And I, I don't mind that at all. Um, but uh, like I said, I, I think it's a, it's going to be a tough task. I hope I'm wrong. I, I would, I would absolutely love it if he was in contention on a Sunday there. So, so we'll see how that goes. But, uh, but with that being said, let's, uh, let's take a look at some of these, uh, these lines here. Um, top three guys, Scotty Scheffler, Roy McElroy, John Rob. Plus 700, plus 700, plus 900. Those are, those are some pretty short odds there. And, and they're the top three in the world. They're clearly the three best players in the world right now. Um, do any of those numbers there under, so under 10 to one, are, are, is that enough to entice you to, to bet them at, at the masters? No, uh, I do not think either any of them will win. I would take Rom Rom over the other two. Um, I think Scheffler obviously playing well, um, but it's hard, hard to go back to back. So that to me, you know, everybody's going to, everybody on this podcast is going to say I'm a Scheffler hater. I don't pick him. That's fair, whatever. <laughs> uh, but I just, I think that the back to back thing is, is a difficult thing to do. If he does any, any, and he proves me wrong, and all the more props for him. He's a great guy. I just don't pick him very often. Um, when it comes to Rory, I I would like to see Rory complete the career Grand Slam because I do think he's one of the greatest players that's ever played golf, and I, I would like to see him, you know, in that position and thought of that way. Um, I do not think it's going to happen. I think that he has some issue with this. Not Not an issue. I just think that, you know, somebody always plays a little bit better than him here, and and that that could be the way that his career goes. Um, and Rom, you know, I just don't think that those odds are good enough to place a bet. I would rather put my money on Woods uh, at eighty to one than Rom at nine to one. So um, I don't think a ten dollar bet on Rom to make ninety is going to be good enough odds for me to put that $10 down when I think that it can be put better on somebody with longer odds as just as good of a chance to win, in my opinion. Just as good of a chance. I'm not saying Tiger does. I'm just saying that there is somebody down the list. That, oh, somebody you're going to probably. Gonna, okay. I'm okay, not saying okay. Tiger does. I'm, I'm just saying okay. that, That's fair. that, that inevitably there's, I understand how that came off, but inevitably, you know, there's somebody down the list that that probably will be playing as good as him uh, in in the week. Inevitably, there always is. So okay, I can't um, wait to. You. Okay, so yeah, that works works there. So I I'm normally off on guys on uh like fifteen to one and, and less um for for most uh PJ tour events. I just don't think there's enough value in in betting a guy at like ten to one or or less than that. You know, unless. You know, and I, I kind of had to eat my words there um, with John Rahm because John Rahm was was like thirteen to two, you know, plus six fifty or something like that. These events, I'm like, no, don't bet him, don't bet him, don't bet. And then he ends up winning the event there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's it's hard to say with him. Um, but the Masters, I think there's only going to be, I think there's only ten to twelve players or so that can that are going to win this event. Um, you're not going to get anybody outside of that. So I think anybody who you think is going to win. Uh, um, is going to win of the three. Um, I'm going to go John Rom, and I like I agree with you on Scheffler, but Scheffler though can just block out last year and just sure. just 
just win the damn thing. And like he did at, in, in Phoenix, which was, I think was pretty incredible there. I, I'm a little with you on Rory as well, because there's a lot of scar tissue and it does seem that way that he can't, it, it's rare when he's like the best player for that week. And there's always somebody playing a little bit better. I think that was, that's very well put. And that kind of makes a lot of sense there. And you still got to make those putts and everything. And he's, he, he you know, he, he can miss those from time to time. He's playing great golf and everything. And he's, and he's, you know, he played well at the, uh, the match play tournament. And so he's hitting good shots and he, and he is putting well. So I don't mind the bet at all. Um, of, of but of the three, I'm going to go John Rahm. Um, I think I picked him at the beginning of the year to, to be a guy on a mission. He started that way. Um, tailed off a little bit there. So there is some concern. So I think, him sitting, he was probably sitting at like plus seven fifty, maybe a few weeks ago. He's he's dropped down to to nine to one, and I don't love the number, but it's one of those things that he's got a chance to win, so he's going to be on my card there. So, um, like them all, all three, but Rom's the next guy, or Rom's the guy of those three. Um, and the next batch of guys I want to go to are twenty five, plus twenty five hundred and less. So we got Pat Cantlay, Jordan Spieth, Tony Finau, JT. Xander, Jason Day, DJ, Cam Smith, Max Homa, and Colin Morikawa. Any of those names that you feel good about betting this week? A lot of those names I feel good about betting this week. Um, Yeah, a lot. I like Finau a lot. I I think Finau – I think Finau could have one of those weeks where he goes – crazy. I mean, he makes a lot of birdies. He hits the ball plenty far. I think Finau could be due this year for major. It just, it feels like it. Maybe, maybe it's biased from feeling good about him watching watching the PGA Tour documentary on Netflix, but I don't know. It just made me really like him. So uh, I think Finau could be good. I like his number as well. Um, I like Cam Smith's number. I think that, I do think a lot of the live guys are getting really, really good odds because because of the fact that they're live guys. So some of my guys, I get that I'm the live guy, but a lot of my guys on here that I'm betting are going to be live guys. I just think that they have pretty good odds for, for coming here. Um, So I like Smith. I like Finau. Um, I do not like speed this week. I just, I don't know why I can't give you a, a definitive reason, but he's just too finicky recently. I mean, he, he, he could do the whole thing where he's got the lead until the one year and then he just dunks it on 12 and you know somebody beats him so i just don't trust him this year um what was crazy to me is where did jason day come from all of a sudden i mean jason day obviously uh you know past number one in the world fantastic golfer had issues with his back and vertigo and and some other things but it is nice to see him up there but you know we're going to talk about another guy in the next list that I cannot believe Jason Day has has worse odds than or better odds than worse. So um, I also like Morikawa in that I think you know if Morikawa puts well, obviously he can contend in a tournament. Mm-hmm. So those would be the guys in this list. I'm sure you're going to have a couple different ones uh, and and maybe some of the same. So what are you thinking? Yeah, the 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 Fino pick I think is I think it's just a good pick. I think he. This event, you almost have to bet him every single year if he's got any kind of form, and I, I think it's decent. I mean, uh, you know, he it hasn't been a great spring for him, but 
you know, Augusta has a way of bringing out some some good stuff in in people, even when they're not playing well. He's got the length, obviously, that that works out well. And if he puts well, yeah, he could definitely be in contention. He could be one of those guys, and we've talked about that back nine where you can make a lot of birdies, where he could be three shots, four shots back, and he could be four or five groups ahead of the leaders there and shoot 29 or 30 on the back nine, get get the lead, and then just let the uh you know, let the 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 final groups just just choke it away. So yeah. I think that's pretty good there. And at 20 to 20 to one, that's a pretty solid number there. Um, a couple names I like, um, I like Pat Cantlay. Phil, uh, was a fan of Pat Cantlay. Um, he though is, is kind of a scary guy to bet because he could just be miss the cut bad, or he could just suddenly make everything and, and play pretty well. And I think he actually started this week closer to 21, 20 to one, but he's moved up to 16, I think, because he's getting a ton of he was getting a ton of betting, uh, a ton of tickets there. So he's kind of at that point where it's it's getting close to where it's almost, uh, you know, a number that you don't want there. Um, two guys I'm out of is is Justin Thomas and, and Xander Xander, because the win equity just isn't there. Although 2,200 to one, that's, that's a little more tempting. I think it's a little bit more fair as far as what he should be. Um, but JT, we've tried it year after year after year. And it seems just that I don't, I don't know if he's a good enough putter. Um, he is, but I don't think he's a, if he's a consistently good enough putter there. Um, Phil wanted me to mention Jason Day. And and the thing with Jason Day is, like you said, he had back issues, vertigo. He had his mom pass away. He had other family members pass away um, uh, overseas. Was going through just a lot of stuff. Um, he has since switched his golf swing that has taken all the pressure off his back. And he kind of just routes it down the line. And he's always had that good short game. Um, you know, he when he was a debutante in 2010 or 2011, he finished second at the Masters in his first one. That's kind of unheard of. He's finished third before. And I think he's kind of a very stylish pick there. Playing great golf. He's going to win this year. He's going to win in 2023. And I've said it, I think I said it a few weeks ago. It's going to happen. Um, might happen this week. So I, the, the number scares me a little bit, but I'm not that scared because, again, I'm going to pick guys who I think are going to win. Um, the other one uh, uh, guy I really like is Jordan Spieth. Um, just because I think something brings out the best in him. Now with Jordan Spieth, when you bet him, you just, you're going to have to ride that train and that train is going to be a rough, rough ride and it may crash. I mean, it just may do that. And, you know, there's not much you can do about it. And you just have to accept that he could just, just choke it away. But, you know, he's played pretty well, played well at Valspar. He's got some, uh, good ball striking there. Um, so I don't mind that. And, I was curious on what you thought of like Cam Smith and DJ. It's kind of hard to gauge how they're playing, you know, with the live stuff. Um, I don't think Cam's been playing great kind of after he won the open championship. I really hasn't had that many good events there, but the fact that he's getting the reps in and he plays Augusta extremely well. So I don't, I don't hate that bet either. I actually did bet him last fall for the masters, um, I got around that number there. He hasn't really changed much, but um, I was like, you know what? 
this guy's going to probably top 10 it again, which he's done the last couple of years there. So um, one thing, since we've kind of talked about some of these guys here, I did want to bring up, it was a tweet from Kyle Porter from CBS. He's kind of the, one of the, the, the OGs of the golf Twitter um, says nine out of the last 11 masters champions have been 1.7 shots strokes gained T to green in their last 20 rounds or better. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven guys in that 1.7 shots strokes gained T to green or better. Scheffler, Rory, Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, Cantlay, Cam Young, and Tony Finau are in that group. Just real quick, yes or yes or no, do we see the champion from that group I just mentioned? Could, but that I mean that discounts a whole lot of people. It does. I just 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 for I mean, nine out of the last eleven have won in that criteria. So there's been two that haven't, and you know, this is a completely different year. But are, yes or no, do you think uh you think it comes out of that? I'm saying no. Then, I'm saying no as well, but but that's something, um, though, that's it's interesting to look at. Um, it is, but I mean, again, you know, we're not going to do the live and the PGA Tour thing, but there's no live people in that, so obviously True. not accounting for, you know, they they must yep. not track that on live, and you know, I I'm going to say this now. I think a live player wins the Masters, so. I think that they truly just want to come out and shut everybody up and who says that they don't play real golf anymore. And, and this is the way to do it. Um, my big pick is a guy who I think absolutely wants to shut, shut the PJ tour up. So okay, we'll be talking about him soon. Okay. So let's, let's look at that list. Then I think he's going to come from, we're going to go basically uh, 50 to one and less. So I got Cam Young, Will Zalatoris, Vic Hovland, Sunjay M Sam Burns, Brooks Kepka, Hideki Matsuyama at 40 to 1, Corey Connors, who won last week at Valero at 40 to 1, Matt Fitzpatrick, 45 to 1, and Terrell Hatton at 50 to 1. Go ahead. I think Kepka's going to win. Okay. I do. I, I think that, you know, what I read is that, you know, he's, he obviously just won, so he's in form, you know, and that we can take that for however you want. If if live is real golf or not to you, it's it's depending on how you feel about that. But you know, he still beat guys that have won majors before and multiple majors and you know, multiple major winners. So um he says he's healthy. A healthy Brooks Kepka the last time he was was a force in every major. Um I think he's got a lot to prove. So I don't know. I just have a feeling about Kepka. It could okay. be Kepka back again, you know, making a run. Okay. Before we go into the other gol- golfers here, let me add to that. Um, mm-hmm. I think he very much could win this event. Um, mm-hmm. If he's healthy, if, if, if that's mm-hmm. the big thing is if he got away from that week- weekend healthy, yeah, he did win the live event um, in Orlando. And um, when he's, when he's confident putting the ball, that's, that's kind of his, his bugaboo. And he was, he was, he'd been the best major player, uh, majors player of our, you know, of this newer generation here. Mm -hmm. And when every time he got the opportunity to win, win an event, um, uh, his putting was just, was great. He was confident and everything like that. Um, You know, I, I think, you know, a lot of us watch full swing. We saw the, the, just, just kind of how he just, 
you know, was, was very vulnerable in that episode and said, I can't beat these guys, but, but winning a, you know, winning a top shelf event like that and having that momentum carry into the next week, I think is very, very interesting. 35 to one, I think it still is a pretty good number there. And I shows the books really don't, I don't know if they're really totally respecting the fact that he just won. Uh, he won a big time event like that. So I, I don't mind that at all. And I do, I was going to say, I take a lot of stock in, in recent play and if that putter is working, I, I unfortunately did not catch any of the event, but you got to shoot that low under par. You got to make putts. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got to assume that that's, that's the best there. So I, I don't mind that play. And, and it sounds like that could be one of your best bets later on here. And we'll, we'll see how that's revealed, but yeah, I like that there. Was there anybody else that, that, uh, that name stood out or anything like that in that, that short list? Let's go through them again. If we could, please. Uh, we've got Cam, Cam Young, Will Zalatoris, Vic Hovland, Sanjay, Sam Burns, Hideki, Corey Connors, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Tyrrell Hatton. I mean, I think Kim Young absolutely has the game to win. I think he has the game to win everywhere. It's just a matter of, is he going to putt well enough at Augusta? And I, I don't know that we've we've figured that out. You know, he could be a guy that, you know, can maximize on all of his other talents and then make putts at Augusta, win a couple Masters. I mean, he certainly has a talent, but... I think for me, we're too early in his tenure when it comes to Augusta for, you know, we've, we've discussed this already. Augusta is a golf course that, you know, you can, you can almost already know who's going to play well there because they do it year after year. Um, And I just don't think that I have enough views of him at Augusta to, to let me know how he's going to do. So give me a couple years, maybe I'll have confidence in him. When it comes to Augusta, I'm kind of more of a, of a, show me if you've shown me i'm going to feel a little bit more confident in you uh so with him i i I mean if he comes out and we're talking next week and we're like hey congratulations i'm not it's not going to be a surprise but i'm also not going to put money on him i just don't know i think that's i think it's fair i think the putting is just you're not sure but game seems to be coming around he's got paul tesori on the bag had Mm -hmm. him for the match play played great up until Mm -hmm. that last uh that last round there um against sam burns so you know, he's got all the physical tools. It's just a matter of him getting that that experience. Maybe Tesori will be able to help him out a little bit with, with the greens, with some confidence. Um, kind of love him on a top 10 bet, plus 260. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be probably be plus odds on a, on a top 20 as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's going to win, but I, I definitely think, uh, um, you know, a guy that I like that's going to be in contention Um you know, possibly come Sunday there. So, you know, it's something I think that you want to look at something you feel comfortable with. If you like, if you're a top 10 guy or top 20 guy, uh, whatever you get in plus odds with him, I think is a real good one there. So um, we've got a couple other names in that group. I don't love really any of them to win Sunjay M maybe, but at 35 to one, if you give me the choice of Brooks or Sunjay M, I'm going to bet Brooks this week. They're at the same mm-hmm. odds. Um, but again, Sunjay is not a bad option in that top 10, top 10 or top 20, you know, something like that. Another guy who plays well here all the time is Corey Connors. Uh, unbelievable ball striker, really bad putter. Found a way to win, though, um, this last week here in Texas with his ball striking. So the ball striking's there. Is he going to win two weeks in a row? I don't think so. I don't think so. I see you You agree with me there. But, I mean, making the cut, finishing in the top 20, um, he might be a guy that's going to find a way on, on my card there. So 
A um, couple others here we'll get in a, in a little rapid fire buy or sell, but let's go down the list here. So basically anyone else at 5,500 um, and more. Um, we got the names of like Tommy Fleetwood, Shane Lowry, Justin Rose, Yako Neiman, Pat Reed. Um, we got Tiger at 80 to one. We got Mito Pereira at, at 90 to one. And we can go down the list there. Was there any other names that you liked either in a win or a top 20 ish bet? Oh, sure. I think there's a lot of other people that, that have a lot of value. Um, not, not that I, I think this person is going to win. I'm just saying that when I saw their number, I thought it was crazy. I thought Ustazen's number is, is pretty crazy for here. Uh, he may not be playing fantastic right now. His scores not, may not look great, but he always plays well here. I mean, always plays well here. So I, uh, I think his number there throw a small little bet down there, a meaningless $2 bet and he hits, you make pretty good money there. Um, I think Adam Scott's top 20 number of plus 260 is pretty good. Um, Adam Scott plays well here as well. Uh, I think Tiger's top 10 number of plus 550 is fantastic. I know that we've already talked about him, but, but I think that's a great number. Um, uh, Ustazen's top 10 number of plus 750 is pretty good yeah. as well to me. So, that's tasty. um, yeah, that one is pretty crazy. Uh, I guess, you know, really those are kind of what stood out to me. Um, I think that you can go down the top 20 and the top 40 list and find somebody there always that you can feel fairly confident in, you know, you're not going to make potentially a whole bunch of money, but, but I think you can always find something in the top 20 and top 40 list that, you know, if you just want a little skin in the game that, that you can find there. So I'm more of a top 10, top 20, top 40 better. You know, I think you guys bet more the winners, you know, than what I do. But um, I just struggle to, to put on my fish in one basket. It's it's a struggle for me in that. But, um, yeah, I, I I would say Watson. I mean, Watson's number is, is pretty insane for a two-time winner. But at the same time, you know, just coming back from an injury, you know, not necessarily playing well, not playing a lot. Uh, but at the same time, his top 10 number is plus 1400 right now. So, you know, for a two-time winner, another small bet. I, I don't have any delusions that he's going to win, though. So there's that yourself. Do you like anybody down there? there there's some names that, that look look kind of tempting. Um, Justin Rose has always played well on this golf course here. Uh, I, I, I like Plus 5,500, I don't think he's going to win the Masters, but I, I think he can definitely contend. I don't mind him for a first-round lead bet either. Um, when he gets it going, when he gets that putter going, he, he can go. But this is, a big, this is a big deal for him, and I think that win at Pebble Beach earlier this year kind of revitalized him. Uh, the game hasn't been spectacular, but you know sometimes it just takes driving down Magnolia Lane for some of these guys just to rekindle that uh, uh, those, those memories of, of Masters past when they've played well. And Justin Rose has has probably had the chance to win uh, at least one, if not a couple, different Masters tournaments. So you know, I think uh, I I, I kind of like him in in some capacity this week. There, you're you're you've got you make good points about Louis Tazen, Adam Scott. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to put him on my card, but seeing a hundred to one for for both of those guys is kind of interesting. Um, I was actually quite shocked with Bryson being at. 110 to one. Mm -hmm. And I know he really hasn't had that good, 
good of a, a of a record here, so maybe that's more appropriately priced. But you wouldn't think that he'd have a worse chance than some of these guys, you know, that that are ahead of him here. But that might, um, if you think he's going to make the cut, and I don't really know. I don't really know how he's been playing on the live tour. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to say, yeah, let's, let's go for it. You know, that number is probably pretty appropriate there. Um, one guy I did like, where is he at? Um, and as a first round lead bet, uh, Minwoo Lee. Um, I think he, as he plays more in these American events and, and, and always played well, in, in a little bit here, I think uh, players championship, he had a good event, um, very, very talented player, um, good putter and just kind of plays a fearless type of golf. And I think uh, he's a guy who can make a lot of birdies and he could score pretty well. I think there's going to be a lot of bogeys and, and, and whatnot with it. So I don't know if, if I feel comfortable with him down the stretch of a win, but he's another guy like for first round lead. Um, one guy I want to like, but I've got to look more at the uh, at the weather forecasts. Is Abraham answer? He's not a long hitter, so he doesn't really fit the profile of of a guy who can win here. But his short game is really good, and he's a good iron player as well. Um, the The issue is is they're talking about weather that's going to be coming in on Friday uh, with some potential storms, which could saturate the golf course. And then you're looking at cold temperatures over the weekend. They're only looking at like low 60s as the high for for the weekend there so it might end up being um something that might be a little bit too big for him when we look at the best bets and everything like that um you know in the next couple days we'll look at the weather forecast and everything like that but uh um and then i i was going to mention bubba even if it's a make the cut if he if he get anything in in some plus money the the uh gusta is fits the profile of a guy who hits it of a left-handed player because they can fade it into a lot of the holes rather than hit the draws. And I think that's a big deal there. So, you know, it's something that uh, that's why he's won two of them. And and I don't think he's going to win this week, but um, you know, you got to look at the course experience when you get this low um, these, these masters rookies are the guys who only have one to two years experience. You just don't even know where they're, you know, w- where they're going to finish because you don't know how comfortable they feel on the golf course. Cause it's just a little bit different than like the Valero Texas open um, on how this week is approached here. Yeah. So yeah. Um, one of the last things I wanted to do is want to do a little rapid fire buy sell. So do you have a list of guys or not? If not, that's fine. I got, a I list. mean, you can, you can, I'm going to name some names. For buy, sell. Yeah. I'm going to name, I'm going to name some players. And I just this week, if you're gonna if you're gonna buy them in any bets, or if you would fade them or not bet them, that would be the sell. So just guys that you like or dislike. So uh, first name Colin Morikawa. I'd buy that. Okay, I'm gonna sell it because of the putting. I just I'm just not comfortable with uh, with what he's doing. Uh, Jason Day sounds like he's a buy, right? He would be a buy. I don't know if I'd buy him at that number. I haven't seen enough, but. But he's a buy as a as a top ten, top twenty bet potentially, depending on what his number is. He's okay. kind of a neutral for me. Yeah. I I don't really know. Uh, I like him obviously, but I I can't. I don't know that I'd buy him. I think he, he's been hyped. 
he's been hyped so much that he's it's hard at that number that they get him. But I I still think he's going to have a good week, and I uh, he likes the golf course and he's healthy, so he's a buy for me. Um, Will Zalatoris? That's a sell. That is a sell. It would not be me on this podcast if it was a buy. Uh, he's a sell. He's going to be a sell every time that he comes to Augusta because he can't putt. So if if he we're going, to Hideki. yeah, I understand that, but he didn't win, did he? No, he did not win. Just like he, just like he hasn't won any of the majors that he continuously does not make the putt that he needs to, and then doesn't win them. Uh, he's a great player. He just doesn't make enough putts. I know a lot of people that are great players don't make enough putts. It happens. It just so, happens to be him. Phil is listening to this right now, and he's got a big smile on his face and just shaking How his head. Would this? Of course, he knew this was going to happen. He knew he, this was he probably. Happen. He literally probably sent you a message said, "Make sure you ask Zach about Will Zalatoris." No, I knew that was going to be an answer. Comments coming, but but I wanted I specifically put him on the list because I wanted to say um, he's normally a buy for me in any major. Um, after what I've seen from him for for some of these events here. Um, we always talked about the the struggle with the putter and how he didn't look comfortable over it. And I always said, don't worry about it. He knows where the putt, he knows it's a bad stroke. He knows it's going to go in. He's not making those putts now. And that's going to, that's going to eventually, it's going to leak into his full swing. Um, I did bet him last fall for the masters. I, I think I earned a free bet or something like that. So I, I put some money on him because I was like, this guy's going to win a major this year. And I, I don't feel comfortable at all with him. Um, I'm not going to touch him. I'm not going to touch him in any matchups. I'm really not going to fade him either. But with the uh, the putting is a legit concern. And if if you don't if you're not feeling it by a hundred percent here, then then you can forget about it. So I'm going to jump on that boat and sell it as well. Um, what's your thought on Justin Rose? I was a buy. I'm going to be a sell on Justin Rose this week only from the aspect of I think there's many people I would buy previous to him. He's playing good. I'm glad to see him starting to get back in form. I just think it's a little too early. Uh, I don't think – I'm just going to sell him. Okay. What about Matthew Fitzpatrick? I will sell because of the weather. I don't think he hits it far enough right now. Uh, and although he did win a major, I just think there are people that play this golf course better than him. I think this is a course for the horses, and I think that that there are stronger horses than him at this golf course. Uh, I yeah, I agree. I mean, his golf game is bad right now. He's missing cuts at regular PGA Tour events. And I, I I think you know I I, I thought he was going to really flop in the in the match play, end up winning a match or something like that. But I don't feel good about him at all. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood. Um, you know, he always plays really, really well here. I would say I'm neutral on that one as well. I'm not going to put my money on it, but, you know, I think he's a guy that could have the low round of the tournament if it happens. You know, he just – he always seems to have one round where he shoots like 63, 64 somewhere. Um, but he's another guy who has never won uh, and does not seem to be able to pull it out. So until he does, I have to fade him. I, I'm going to I'm gonna fade him as well, but he's a guy I generally – Kind of root for. I just don't think that putting is is good. Definitely root for him. Yeah, I don't think that putting is good. Um, I have one the, for you. Who's that? Max Homa. We haven't talked about him a whole lot. We haven't talked about Max. We haven't talked so, about Max. What's your thoughts? Um, I did bet him after, right while he was winning um, uh, his, 
I think his most recent event, I got really good odds on him. And I was like, mm-hmm. get, I, I bet, I actually bet him in all the majors there. Um, that's the one thing that he kind of hasn't done yet is shown up in the major championships and been in contention. Um, if he's up there and, and somewhere near the lead, I love it. I would still probably, no, 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 no I'm not gonna say probably. I would still buy him if I didn't already have a bet on him. Um, I think it's just a matter of time and I want to be there when, when it happens. So, you know, his, his odds, what's he at here? He is at plus 2,500. That's, that's, that's not bad. That's okay. Um, I think it's pretty fair to say he's been one of you know top five player in the world here the last, uh, you know, the last like four or five months. So I'm going to buy him um, just for the fact that I, I, I trust him if he gets in contention there. You? I just think he's cool as a cucumber. I mean, he's, I just think that he's got so much moxie that I think he could win anywhere. Uh, I like him. I like him as a player. I like his Twitter. Uh, I think he's great for the game. So I root for him. He's definitely a player that's grown on me. I never had any issue with him, but you know, the more and more that I watch him and and listen to him. I think he's great for the game, you know, in the same way that I think Ricky was great for the younger generation 10 years ago. I think he's really, really good for the game. I think he's bringing a lot of the younger generation and that maybe isn't so staunchy. And so, you know, classic about the way that they're approaching golf. And I think that he's bringing people in with, with humor and, you know, just kind of a fun younger aspect of a way to play. So I like him. I would like to see him win a major. I'd like to see him win a couple majors and kind of catapult into a, to more of a, a stardom type rank with everybody. I just think that he's a likable guy that really could help golf for the next 20 years. Yeah. I, I you know, this, this podcast is a big fan of Max for his golf game. I mean, he's a, he's got that killer kind of killer instinct there that, that, that finish him type sort of, you know, golf personality and he's a closer. Um, so it's just a matter of it's stepping up his game when, when the lights are on, the majors are there and yeah, you're right. Is, is off the golf course. He, his, his perspective on, uh, understanding just golf, like the PGA tour, what makes it successful and, and the, you know, relatable to the, you know, the common fan is, is, is really, really good. So I'm a fan of him anyways, um, on and off the golf course and continue to be, and I would want nothing more than to. To see to see a win there. I got one more name here, and then uh, we can move on. Is the uh, I think he finished second or third at the live event. Is Patrick Reed? Also, um, he's played well here. I just he's not one of the live guys that I think is is going to hold up. I think that you know, I understand why he went, he's not liked on the tour and, and, and all those things. And I, and the money was great and whatnot. Um, but I do, I don't know that. I think he needs the competitiveness to keep him going. Like, I think he needs that divisiveness and I don't think he gets it on live. I think like who hates him on live They're They're all rich now. So, I mean, who cares? They're all like the black sheep of what the tour was. So they're trying to make Patrick Cantley the bad guy now, which is, he's like, so vanilla it's ridiculous um so yeah i don't know i know maybe I'll, i know that i've kind of been a reed guy here and that might be surprising but no not not this one i don't feel it he'll probably win it but no i don't i don't i'm gonna sell him on my betting card but i want nothing more than for him and brooks kapka 
to be within the last three or four groups on Sunday. I, I would, I would love that to have, you know, you got you guys like Rom and Rory and whatever, and then to have Patrick Reed and Brooks Kepka in there, just the, you know, the villains and just to see how that dynamic plays out. I think that would be riveting TV. Um, it would be just unbelievable viewing on a Sunday. And I hope that something like that would happen because then we got to have you back on the podcast to talk about how, you know, how, how the live guys did versus the PGA tour. And I think that would just, that, it'd be some good stuff all around, just not only TV, then the podcast and everything. So I think that'd be really, really fun there. So I'm going to sell him this week. Um, there's just not enough of a sample size. Like you said, he kind of thrives on the, uh, a lot of competition. And I just don't think there's enough reps of that intense competition that he craves and, and feeds off of is there, but you know, it's just something interesting. Really haven't heard about him for, for several months um, with any kind of a finish in any golf tournament and now happened to play well here the week before the master. So, you know, maybe there is something with his game there. A um, couple guys that uh, I see I'm reading the text from Phil says buying Jason day, all good play is leading into something uh, substantial and Jordan Spieth uh, track record, really solid play in 2023 guys. He is selling, he is selling Justin Thomas. He never sells Justin Thomas, but Understandable, you, know you, you got to kind of do it at this point. I mean, he's just disappointed in, especially in the masters year after year after year. And it just, it just, you know, it doesn't feel like it's a Justin Thomas week here. Uh, Vic Hovland, Vic Hovland, because of the short game, the chipping, um, that obviously that exposes, exposes the golfers. And then Matt Fitzpatrick uh, kind of trashed the season is what he said. So okay. with that being said, so a couple more things and, and, and we'll make it quick and then we'll round it up here. Um, what, who is your top player? that will definitely not win this week. And Phil, Phil chose Xander Shoffley. Zach so, will choose Will Zalatoris. Will Zalatoris, okay. And um, mine is going to be uh, – mine's going to be Rory McIlroy. Rory's not going to win okay. this week. I, I did bet him, so I kind of faded myself there. But he's. I'm going to go on a limb and say he will not win this week. So if you haven't bet him, I – and you, and you like my picks, then, then then don't do it. And finally, the winner of the 2023 Masters, according to Phil, Pat Cantley, will slip on the green jacket. And without further ado, who who are you? I think we've kind of know, but who who is it? You're gonna have to announce it. Kapka. Brooks Kapka. Wow, as your best number one pick. I, I don't, I don't hate it. Like I said, I just, I'm trying to dispute it, but you know, that's, that's, that's going out there and that's good. I'm going to pick uh, for the 2023 winner. It's going to be Jordan Spieth. He's going to figure out a way and he's, it's Easter Sunday. He's won twice, two different events on Easter Sunday. And we're going to go with that. So um, that is the conclusion of the, your best bet podcast minus Phil Miller. Um, check us out or first Zach, thanks for, uh, thanks for having, or thanks for coming on. I hope we get to enjoy a, a good week of golf here. Mm -hmm. So, uh, go ahead. I, I just want to say that as I was 
looking about this and, and we were having this conversation. I was having this dialogue in the back of my head. And, and I think I've been saying this uh, on most of the podcast. I want a live golfer to win this tournament. All right. I, I, I want to see, you know, I want to see the PGA tour blow up and, and just their brains, brains explode. I want to see all the golf channel and all that. But what it made me realize is I saw a meme today on Facebook of Tiger Woods playing golf. And it made me realize how much I love Tiger Woods because I would rather see Tiger Woods win again than a live player win and, and see everything explode. So to me, that just shored up how much Tiger Woods has meant to me when it comes to golf. Uh, really, the first time that I... I just remember being at the lake when I was very young and my dad being like, Hey, you need to come and see this. For him, he was a young kid, but for me, a little older than me, he's going to be something special. And I think that was, you know, maybe when he was winning his third junior major. So uh, as much as I want, you know, live versus PGA tour and all that. And I would like to see a live guy win just for the simple fact of, I think it would be funny to see the reaction of everybody. If Tiger Woods wins this tournament, it's it's going to be one of the greatest days of my life. So I'm I'm excited. Just like 2019 was. I I hope to recreate the feeling that I had that day watching the final round. Okay. It would be awesome. So so you're rooting for chaos with live mm-hmm. with the live winner and and Greg Norman said he's gonna have all 17 of the mm-hmm. other players, you know, at right at, right off the green there to be able to celebrate with him. But Tiger over everything. I, I agree with you on the tiger thing. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say I agree with the live stuff, sure. but we, we know that, but, uh, but yeah, tiger mm-hmm. would be just, just amazing if he could, if he could do it. I, again, I, I, I stated earlier that the, the expectations I don't think are quite there, but the golf game, you know, the golf game is going to, going to get there hopefully where, where he's going to be in contention, but mm-hmm. you know, it should be a good, th- good, uh, uh, good dramatic weekend as, as the masters always is. And, and, you know, I, I can't wait. I, I absolutely can't wait. I'm going to probably sit and not do that much and just watch the coverage and, and, you know, hope for, hope for another good masters and everything. So with that being said, thanks for, thanks for hopping on here and helping me out. Um, I, I, hopefully we made Phil proud, but you can catch us. Um, we'll have this posted out Monday night. So we're going to get our, our picks in, I hope by, uh, by our traditional Wednesday afternoon but we're on spotify we're on apple itunes and we're going to have this posted to youtube as well so thanks for listening everybody enjoy the masters this year and we'll catch you guys later